on, everyone? My name is Jamon McKinney, or you can just call me Juice because that is my nickname. Welcome, everyone, to the Juice Alert, episode number 24. If you have not subscribed to the Juice Alert already, be sure to do that right about now. You will not regret it. You can find me on YouTube as well as podcasting platforms that include Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all that great stuff. Great show lined up for you guys today. However, it is going to be a shorter episode. I'm only covering four topics in this episode, but I promise next week I'll be much more active on this show. I've just had a lot of things going on behind the scenes. I don't want to rush out bad content to you guys. You know, there's still some games I want to catch up on, you know, for the NFL season that I just haven't watched yet. You know, I've been very busy as of late, but I still want to give you guys a pretty good show this week. So I'm so I'm only going to cover four topics today. Actually, pardon me, five topics. I have five topics to cover for you guys today. I'll talk about the New Orleans Saints game in which they destroyed Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. I'll give my takeaways from that game. I'll talk about the Indianapolis Colts, specifically Phillip Rivers. I'll talk about Baker Mayfield. I also want to talk about Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. And to end the show, I'll talk about Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers organization. I have some very, you know, interesting thoughts about how Green Bay, you know, runs their football team and if they are failing Aaron Rodgers and holding him back from winning multiple Super Bowls. But without further ado, let's get started. But before I do get started, actually, you guys can follow me on social media. If you want to connect with me on a very high note or if you want to troll me in any in any type of way, hey, feel free to do it. Go ahead. You can follow me on social media. My Instagram is G-H-I-M-A-N underscore M-C-K-I-N-N-E-Y. The Juice Alert Instagram account, so the Instagram account for updates up, updates when it comes to the show. That Instagram account is the Juice Alert underscore. You can also follow me on Twitter at G-H-I-M-A-N-M-C-K-I-N-N-E-Y. You can also follow the Juice Alert Instagram account, so updates when it comes to, sh- comes to the show on Twitter. That Twitter account is at the Juice Alert. Okay, people, so let's get started right here. I want to I first start off by talking about the Buccaneers and the Saints. So this past week, during the 2020 NFL season, in week number nine, the New Orleans Saints absolutely curb-stomped, destroyed, and mollywhopped the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 38-3. And before I get to Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, I want to give Huge props to the New Orleans Saints. Over the past couple of weeks, I've been saying, eh, I'm kind of not all in on the Saints this year. The Saints, they've kind of been inconsistent at times this year. I don't think Drew Brees is quite the same guy. You know, this, the defense is kind of struggling. They haven't quite put it all together. I, I'm officially off that bandwagon. I think the Saints are a legitimate football team. It looks like they're finally starting to put things together. Michael Thomas seems to be finally healthy. And I think this team is ready to rock and roll. This is a team that easily can win the Super Bowl. I always kind of said that, that the New Orleans Saints had the talent to win the Super Bowl. I just didn't want to put them in that category as Super Bowl contenders just because, you know, I had some questions about their team. You, you know, you guys can go back and watch my previous episodes, but got to give the Saints a ton of credit. They might be the most talented team in all of football outside of Kansas City and maybe Pittsburgh. They're really, really good. Um, Got to give Drew Brees a whole lot of props. Drew Brees 
in that game versus Tampa Bay. You shredded their defense. The Saints, the Saints offensive line gave him a ton of time to throw the football and do his thing. He had four touchdowns and completed 81% of his passes. And this season in 2020, Drew Brees is still playing at a very high level. You know, I kind of threw out that Drew Brees might no longer be a top 10 quarterback, you know, a couple of weeks ago. Well, as I speak today, Drew Brees, he's playing like a top 10 quarterback. No doubt about it. He's been efficient. He's been accurate. He was throwing the football down the field versus Tampa Bay. And that's a very good defense. Tampa Bay has one of the top five defenses in the entire NFL. Drew Brees destroyed them. I mean, Drew Brees on the year, 17 touchdown passes, three interceptions, a 110 pass rating. You know, he's, he was very good. And listen, you can win a Super Bowl still with Drew Brees as your quarterback. We've seen in the past, Joe Flacco, Peyton Manning, who was washed up in Denver, had more interceptions and touchdown passes his final season in the NFL when he won a Super Bowl. We've seen Jimmy Garoppolo get to a Super Bowl. We've seen Jared Goff, you know, get to a Super Bowl. You know, Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl, like I said. But we've also seen, we've also seen Nick Foles win a Super Bowl. Drew Brees is just as good, if not a lot better, than those quarterbacks. So the Saints, they're in good shape. They're a very talented team. Uh, defense does worry me a little bit, but Drew Brees, he's still pretty good. And outside of playing the Chiefs and outside of playing Philadelphia and Carolina and maybe the maybe a scrappy Minnesota team, I don't see the Saints losing very many other games. You know, They're a team that very well could go on to win the Super Bowl, no doubt about it, especially if they get home field advantage, okay? Now, let me focus in on Tom Brady because Tom Brady, he was bad. He was complete garbage versus New Orleans. And I hate to say it, and I've been bigging up Tom Brady a little bit this year. You know, I kind of said that Tom Brady's in the MVP conversation for a while. He was in the MVP conversation. He still might be to a certain degree, but he looked like a shot fighter. And ultimately, people, I came away from that Buccaneers game thinking, that Tom Brady might officially be the weak link to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers roster. And that's not a bad thing because anytime Tom Brady is the weak link on your roster, you're a really good football team. But I'm sorry, people, that game was not great for Tom Brady. It just wasn't. And listen, every single NFL quarterback eventually gets old. Father time eventually kicks in for every quarterback. And I'm not saying Tom Brady is completely washed, but he looked like it versus the Saints, and Father Time very well could be approaching Tom Brady. Tom Brady just looked very, very bad. I, I understand the offensive line was not very good, but listen, I'm not here for the excuses. Tom Brady, that offensive line is giving you more than enough time to throw all season. You've got very good weapons on the outside of wide receiver. You've got Chris Godwin. you got Mike Evans. you got, you know, Rob Gronkowski, who you brought in. You also brought in Antonio Brown. A lot of people want to give Tom Brady the excuse that, oh, he was trying to incorporate Antonio Brown. Well, Tom Brady is the one that wanted to bring in Antonio Brown to Tampa Bay. Do you really think Bruce Arians truly wanted to bring in Antonio Brown to the football team? In fact, a couple weeks ago, Bruce Arians said, we're not interested in Antonio Brown. The reason Antonio Brown is on the team is because Tom Brady said, I want that guy on the roster. Bring him aboard. And the Buccaneers cooperated, and they said, man, Tom Brady, you know, maybe we do need Antonio Brown. Maybe, you know, if you want him, hey, we'll go out and get him. That's your guy, Tom Brady. So I don't want to hear that you have bad chemistry with Antonio Brown or you're working things out here and there. No, Tom Brady, go out there and get it done. And listen, 
Tom Brady just wasn't very good. He threw he threw three interceptions versus uh, the New Orleans Saints. He just wasn't all that great. And, you know, what I saw from Tom Brady was a quarterback that at this stage in his career is just flat out not that, not that dynamic. Tom Brady's never been the most dynamic quarterback, never been the greatest athlete, but he's well past his prime. I think that everyone acknowledges that. And he looked like a 43-year-old quarterback. He really did. He looked overwhelmed due to pressure. His arm looked very average to me. He wasn't able to fit the ball in the tight windows. You know, the Saints, they they they, they blitzed Tom Brady, and they asked him to make very good high-level throws, and Tom Brady just could not make those throws. He couldn't move. He couldn't escape the pressure, and Tom Brady just looked overwhelmed, man. And the, the sad thing for Buccaneers fans is, listen, you're going to probably have to go through the Saints once again. And I understand the Buccaneers are a very good team. They'll win a lot more games. You know, this is not the end of the world for the Buccaneers. They're going to be in the playoffs. But listen, we saw last year, Green Bay, for whatever reason, they just could not match up with the 49ers. You know, it seems like the Baltimore Ravens, they just, for whatever reason, cannot beat the Kansas City Chiefs. And it seems like this year, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they just can't seem to figure out the New Orleans Saints. And that game was at home in the playoffs. Tom Brady and the Buccaneers are going to have to go on the road more than likely to play Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints. And it's a whole different ball game playing in New Orleans, you know, in the postseason as compared to playing in your home stadium, okay? And I really think, listen, we can all acknowledge that Bill Belichick right now in New England is struggling. Context definitely does matter. You know, there are there a ton of players that opt out before the season started. The Patriots, to me, are just not a talented football team. And Cam Newton, at times, he's been hit and miss. But listen, people, whether you want to say Bill Belichick's a product of Tom Brady or not as of right now, I, think, I still think Bill Belichick arguably is more responsible for the Patriots dynasty. I'm sorry if that ticks all Patriots fans, but that's just my opinion. As of right now, I still think Bill Belichick is more responsible for the Patriots dynasty because let's be real. Think about it, people. Coaching matters. If... If Deshaun Watson had Andy Reid right now coaching him and Patrick Mahomes had Bill O'Brien coaching him, who do you think has a better chance to win the Super Bowl? I'm sorry, people. As good as Patrick Mahomes is, I'm taking Deshaun Watson with Andy Reid because coaching matters. And it's not like Deshaun Watson is this awful quarterback. He's a top he's a top five to top ten quarterback in the game of football right now. So I really think that if Tom Brady struggles at times in the playoffs this year, we are really going to realize how valuable Bill Belichick was to Tom Brady because we saw in the Super Bowl versus the Los Angeles Rams a couple of years ago when Tom Brady and the offense, they, they struggled to score points. They only put up 13 points on the board. Bill Belichick, he, he, he was coaching up that defense, and that defense, they held Jared Goff and the number one rated offense in the Los Angeles Rams to three points. How many times have we seen the New England Patriots defense bail Tom Brady out when he's been struggling? I don't think Bruce Arians is the type of coach that can bail Tom Brady out. In fact, I think Tom Brady has elevated Bruce Arians, you know, to a certain degree this year. You know, I think that right now, as we speak today, I think the Buccaneers are a better football team, not because of their coaching, but because Tom Brady has established a great culture in Tampa Bay, and he's helped out that locker room. He's helped those guys become more disciplined. He's been an accurate distributor of the football. He has not turned the football over as much as Jameis Winston did. 
a, a year ago when Jameis Winston went 30 for 30, throwing 30 touchdowns to 30 interceptions. I have a strong belief that if Tampa Bay doesn't win the Super Bowl this year, if they don't, if they don't win Super Bowl 55, it's going to be because Tom Brady is not going to be able to overcome, you know, playing on the road potentially, overcoming a pass rush that's coming at him 24-7. And if Tom Brady cannot play particularly well, I don't trust this Tampa Bay Buccaneers coaching staff to bail Tom Brady out. So listen, can Tampa Bay still win the Super Bowl? Absolutely. They're talented enough to do so. Can they beat Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints on the road? It's going to be tough, but I think that Tom Brady can get it done if things bounce his way. But in reality, as of right now, it looks like Tom Brady's a shot fighter. It really does look like that. You know, I'm not going to overreact to one game, but I really truly believe that as of right now, Tom Brady is the weak link to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers roster. You know, he's the guy that I look at and say, eh, can Tom Brady make those throws? Can he still take those hits? Can he still fit the ball in the tight windows? Can he actually avoid a sack? I'm not so sure. And that ultimately might be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers undoing in the playoffs. And listen, you can make the argument that Drew Brees is the weak link to the New Orleans Saints roster. Because like I like I mentioned earlier, the Saints, they've got A-plus to B-plus level players all over that roster. And Drew Brees is not the same quarterback that he once was. So listen, anytime Drew Brees and Tom Brady are the weak links to your football team, you're a darn good football team, and you very well could win the Super Bowl. Heck, a couple years ago, I looked, at the, I looked at Nick Foles and I said, man, this Eagles roster is very good, but can Nick Foles come through for the Philadelphia Eagles to win them a Super Bowl? And Nick Foles did that. So it's all going to come down to if Tom Brady or Drew Brees can make the big boy throws when it matters most. We're gonna, we're definitely probably going to see who's going to you know, be that guy because I, I have a firm belief that the Saints and the Buccaneers are going to meet once again in the playoffs and Tampa Bay. They're going, to, they're going to have to make adjustments. And ultimately, we are truly we are truly going to see how much of a weak link Tom Brady is to this Tampa Bay Buccaneers roster as we speak today in 2020. Can Tom Brady make the throws to win the Buccaneers a Super Bowl? I believe he can, but only time will tell. Okay, people, let me shift to the Indianapolis Colts. So in 2020... The Indianapolis Colts have been a pretty good football team. They're 6-2 on the year, and recently, during Week 9 of the 2020 NFL season, they got a big-time win versus the Tennessee Titans on the road in Tennessee. They won that game 34-17. to And like I said, the Colts, they improved to 6-3 on the year, and they currently lead the AFC South Division. And I truly firmly believe, as I speak today right now, the Indianapolis Colts, are the biggest Super Bowl 55 dark horse. Now, I'm not guaranteeing that the Colts are going to make the playoffs just because the Colts, listen, there's a ton of competition, you know, as far as who can make the playoffs in the AFC. Heck, as we speak today, the Cleveland Browns are not in the playoffs. And they've been a darn good football team this year. And in fact, they beat the Indianapolis Colts earlier in the season. So that just goes to show you how good the AFC Conference is this year. Heck, the Oakland, not the Oakland Raiders, pardon me, the Las Vegas Raiders might be the sixth or seventh best team in that conference, and they beat the Kansas City Chiefs on the road, and they beat the New Orleans Saints earlier in the year. And those might be the two to three best teams in all football when we look at the Saints and the Chiefs. They, those are two teams that very well could win the Super Bowl. The Las Vegas Raiders are capable of beating anyone 
at any time. I don't think the Raiders are good enough to win a Super Bowl this year just because you have to win three to four playoff games to win a Super Bowl. But they're a dangerous football team come playoff time. They very well could be in the playoffs. But as of right now, the time of this recording, I think the Colts are one of the more slept-on teams in all football. And I believe you could actually make the argument they have one of the 10 best rosters in all of football. They're really good. The defense for the Indianapolis Colts right now is number one in total defense. They're third in points per game allowed. They've been shutting teams down all season. In the offseason, I, I said the Colts' defense could become a top five unit maybe, but you can make a strong case that when the Indianapolis Colts' defense is on their A game, they're the best defense in all of football. They're really, really good. They have a lot of good players. And the Colts, they can play smash-mouth football. And smash-mouth football, more times than not, wins games come postseason time. The finesse football teams, you know, sometimes your Green Bays, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, a couple years ago with Alex Smith, they were a finesse football team. Uh, the Colts, when they had Andrew Luck, not this Colts team, but a couple years ago, they had they had Andrew Luck, and they were kind of a finesse football team. You know, the Texans last year, they were a finesse football team. But, you know, when you can play smash-mouth football and really get in teams' face, and just punch teams in the mouth, you can win a lot of football games come postseason time. The Colts right now, for my money, have the best offensive line in the entire NFL. You got three really good running backs in Naheem Himes, Jordan Wilkins, and Jonathan Taylor. Those are three really good running backs, you know, Wilkins, Hines, and Taylor. Taylor has kind of disappointed this year a little bit um, just because, you know, he's Growing th going through some rookie growing pains. He's fumbled a couple times in some key spots. You know, he hasn't been the most consistent player. But if he's your third best running back on your roster, arguably, you know, at times he looks like the third best back on that roster, that's a scary sight. That shows you how talented that Colts backfield really is. And I really think the Indianapolis Colts wide receiver core is actually very underrated. You look at Michael Pittman Jr. He's finally healthy. He had over 100 yards versus... Uh, the Tennessee Titans this past week. He's a very good young player. T.Y. Hilton, he's a good player as well. He hasn't quite, you know, clicked with Phillip Rivers, but T.Y. Hilton's a good player. Zach Pascal, good player. You know, Trey Burton, Jack Doyle, good tight end duo. This Colts team, they, they're really good, and they're not quite as good as Kansas City or Pittsburgh, but they're probably in that next tier. They're a very good football team, and what it comes down to for the Indianapolis Colts in regards to if they can win Super Bowl 55 it is going to come down to, can Phillip Rivers make enough big boy throws? Old man Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers on the year, 68.7% completion percentage, 7 touchdowns, uh, not 7 touchdowns, pardon me, 11 touchdowns to 7 interceptions, a 93.6 pass rating. That's a de He's having a decent season. As of right now, I think Phillip Rivers is an average to a slightly above average quarterback. You know, he's 38 years old. He's definitely not, you know, on the younger side of quarterbacks in the NFL. You know, he's not as dynamic as a Deshaun Watson or a Patrick Mahomes. But Phillip Rivers can definitely get the job done. And listen, as long as Phillip Rivers just stays on schedule and is an accurate distributor of the football and doesn't turn the football over, the Colts very well could go all the way. The Colts are not asking Phillip Rivers to be a playmaker. They're asking Phillip Rivers to be an accurate distributor of the football. And at times he failed to, you know, you know, accept that challenge. You know, he, he played poorly versus Jacksonville. He played poorly versus Cleveland. Didn't have the best game versus the versus the Ravens. But 
when he's had to, you know, come back from behind versus the Bengals, yo, and when he's had to beat Tennessee on the road like he did this past week, Phillip Rivers has looked pretty good. So it will ultimately come down to can Phillip Rivers make enough plays? And I truly do worry about the Colts just a little bit just because if this team falls behind, I worry. Because the Colts, they're a team that's built to play with leads. If they fall behind 14 to 3 or 14 to nothing to Pittsburgh, Kansas City, even Baltimore or Buffalo, I don't trust the Colts to make a comeback. I understand they came back versus Tennessee. I understand they came back versus Cincinnati. But the Kansas City Chiefs of the world, the Baltimore Ravens of the world, the Buffalo Bills of the world, that, that's a whole different ballgame, okay? And if Phillip Rivers is down a bunch of points early to Patrick Mahomes or Big Ben, and he has to throw the ball a bunch of times, if you ask Phillip Rivers to throw the ball 30 to 40-plus times, I think this Colts team is going to be in trouble because they don't have enough firepower to come back and strike you like Kansas City or even Pittsburgh. And ultimately, I don't think they have the quarterback that's capable of doing it right now. You know, I don't think Phillip Rivers is capable of winning shootouts. So there might be a ceiling with this Indianapolis Colts team, but ultimately, hey, man, listen, Phillip Rivers, you got a pretty good roster. And a lot of people are wondering if Phillip Rivers is a Hall of Fame quarterback. There certainly is an argument to be made for Phillip Rivers to be a Hall of Famer. There's an argument to, there's an argument to say, hey, you know, pump the brakes. He's not a Hall of Famer. Quite, quite frankly, right now, I have to, I, I'm going to sit on that topic. I want to, you know, maybe bring you guys, you know, an episode next week discussing if Phillip Rivers is a Hall of Famer. Be sure to comment if you think Phillip Rivers is a Hall of Famer or not. If you're watching on YouTube, you know, things of that nature, you know, Phillip Rivers, let's just say he'll make the Hall of Fame because he's got the numbers, he's got the longevity, and if he makes the Hall of Fame, it's not a crime to me. You know, it's not a crime to me. Maybe not first ballot, but if Phillip Rivers really wants to truly be a first ballot Hall of Famer, winning a Super Bowl, or at least getting to a Super Bowl, would definitely help out his resume. And I truly think Phillip Rivers has a good enough team to win the Super Bowl this year. If he's that guy, if he makes enough big boy throws, and if he's clutch enough in the playoffs, I think this Colts team really, truly could surprise a lot of people. But ultimately, the Indianapolis Colts will go as far as Phillip Rivers takes them in 2020 if they want to win Super Bowl 55. That's my thoughts on the Indianapolis Colts and Phillip Rivers as I speak today. Okay, let me talk about the Cleveland Browns. So heading into week 10 of 2020, um, the Cleveland Browns are 5-3 and three on the season. And the Cleveland Browns, they're having a very good season. No doubt about it. And the Cleveland Browns were a team that I personally picked to make the playoffs. I had the Cleveland Browns going 9-7 and seven and making the playoffs. And so far, it looks like they're on pace to potentially make the playoffs. You know, Kevin Stefanski, he's come in. He's proven to be a great fit for the city of Cleveland and that locker room. He's changed the culture right away. The offensive line is, has improved tremendously from a year ago. Cleveland went out and drafted offensive linemen. They signed off. They signed offensive linemen in free agency. Those moves have paid off. The Cleveland Browns have been running the football very effectively. When Nick Chubb has played this year, he's actually going to come back this week 
versus um who does who does Cleveland play? They play they play the Texans. So Nick Chubb will be back. He's a top ten running back at worst right now. Nick Chubb is great. Kareem Hunt has played very well this year. The defense has kind of been shaky a little bit, but as long as you have Miles Garrett, you know, getting after the passer and Denzel Ward locking up that number one de- number one wide receiver, you're going to be a pretty formidable defense. You got Jarvis Landry, Harrison Bryant, Austin Hooper, even guys like Donovan Peoples Jones have had their moments. Cleveland has very good tight ends and wide receivers. Obviously, Odell Beckham Jr. is out for the season. I'll get to Odell Beckham Jr. later and how, you know, he's had an effect on Cleveland this season. Do I trust Cleveland to make the playoffs without OBJ going forward? But let's focus in on Baker Mayfield, the quarterback. Because Baker Mayfield is completing 61% of his passes. He's got 15 touchdown passes to seven interceptions, and he has a 90 pass rating through eight games played. Not a bad season from Baker Mayfield. But I truly think that if Cleveland wants to truly have a successful season, Baker Mayfield has to lead this team to the playoffs. If Baker Mayfield doesn't lead the Cleveland Browns to the playoffs, barring injuries, you know, maybe a bunch of players get injured and their and their entire roster depleted, you know, then I might give Baker Mayfield a pass. But I'm holding Baker Mayfield accountable. He's a former number one overall pick. He's got a very talented roster. Baker. I expect you to make the playoffs, big boy. Okay, I expect you to make the playoffs. I really do. Um, you know, Baker Mayfield had a very good rookie season. He was riding high. His sophomore season, he really came down to earth. And this year, the thing that I like about Baker Mayfield is he's been consistently good from time to time. Not great. He was great versus Cincinnati, but he's been consistently good. For the most part. He had a bad game versus Oakland. Not Oakland, pardon me. I keep saying Oakland. He had a pedestrian game versus the Raiders. He didn't play his best versus Baltimore and Pittsburgh. Well, for the most part, Baker Mayfield, he's been doing a good job. However, down the stretch, if the Cleveland Browns are going to make the playoffs, I truly believe that Baker Mayfield is going to have to be great. Because I look at some of the teams that Cleveland's competing with. First of all, let's look at their schedule. Cleveland still has Deshaun Watson on their schedule. The Houston Texans. You know, I, I say Deshaun Watson because he's that entire team. And let's be real. Deshaun Watson, if he's on your team, you can win on any Sunday. So, listen. You got Deshaun Watson traveling to Cleveland this week. You got Carson Wentz next week, who's a decent quarterback. You know, he's kind of had a down year. But when Carson Wentz is, is, is on his A game, he's really good. You're at Tennessee. Tennessee's a very good football team. You have to play Baltimore. You have to play Pittsburgh still. And for what it's worth, I'll even throw in the New York football giants because Joe Judge, he has that team playing a lot better than I thought they would be playing up to this point. Cleveland's got some tests. They've got some big-time tests on their schedule. And we are truly going to find out how good of a quarterback Baker Mayfield is by the end of the season. If Cleveland's not in the playoffs, I have my questions because, listen, man, Baker was drafted to change Cleveland's franchise. And he, he, to a certain degree, has changed their franchise. But I look at Baker Mayfield, and I say so far, he's good, but he's not great. And sometimes, if you're going to make the playoffs, and you're going to make deep playoff runs, you're going to have to have not just good quarterback play, but great quarterback play. I look at Baker Mayfield's division. Lamar Jackson's won an MVP. Big Ben's won two Super Bowls. He's a better quarterback than Baker Mayfield. I truly think that Joe Burrow is more talented than Baker Mayfield. And listen, if you're Cleveland, 
and you're looking at yourself and saying, man, Baker Mayfield, he's holding his back. He's the fourth best quarterback in this division. Eventually, you might have to move on. I'm sorry, but this roster is too talented for Baker to not get done. I'm holding Baker Mayfield accountable. We will need to see if Baker Mayfield can become a truck driver and not just a trailer on a truck these final these final weeks of the NFL season. Because at some point, the Cleveland Browns running game will get taken away. At some point, Jarvis Landry is going to be tightly covered. At some point, Miles Garrett might not be getting after the quarterback. And Baker Mayfield will have to go toe-to-toe and blow-for-blow blow with the Mahomes of the world, with the Josh Allens of the world, with the Lamar Jackson of the world, with the Big Bens of the world. Kind of similar to how I talked about Phillip Rivers earlier. We need to see if Baker Mayfield can make those high-level throws. And listen, also, I want to really see how Baker Mayfield performs going forward because he's going to be without Odom Beckham Jr. Great quarterbacks can elevate the team around them. And to a certain degree, at times, Baker has looked better without Oda Beckham Jr. He really, truly has. At times, he's looked better without Oda Beckham Jr. Okay, he really has. I think that Baker Mayfield at times tries to force to force feed the ball to Oda Beckham Jr. way too much. There are some quarterbacks that just quite aren't ready to have number one wide receivers. I truly think that at times, Baker is just better distributing to the open man and not trying to force things to OBJ. And listen, I'm an OBJ fan. I always think that OBJ has kind of gotten a bad rap. I really think that he's gotten a bad rap up to this point in his career. You know, I don't think that he's a diva. I think that he's a guy that likes to have fun. I really do. Um, I don't consider Oda Beckham Jr. to be a diva. But listen, I've always had a firm belief that it's always very valuable to have a number one wide receiver that defenses can double that that defenses might need to double team, that defenses might need to pay attention to. And it and it really helps to have a guy that can beat Marlon Humphrey, that can beat Tredavious White. That can beat the number one defensive back on the opposing team. It's very helpful. So one side of me says Cleveland needs Oda Beckham Jr. because he's very talented. But also the other part of me says maybe you need to trade Oda Beckham Jr. in the offseason and get better defensive players to maybe get Baker the ball back more. So we really are going to find out how good Baker Mayfield is. And we're really going to find out if Cleveland needs Oda Beckham Jr. going forward. We will find out a lot about Baker Mayfield by the end of the 2020 NFL season. And we're going to truly see if Cleveland is a legitimate playoff team in 2020. Okay, everyone, let me discuss the Buffalo Bills. Because the Buffalo Bills, they put the NFL on notice this past week by defeating the Seattle Seahawks in Buffalo. They dominated that game. And I really want to talk about Josh Allen. Because in my opinion, I think Josh Allen is one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the entire NFL. Uh, and he's honestly in the MVP conversation this year. He's really having a great season, you know. If we look at what Josh Allen is doing this year, Josh Allen, he has 19 touchdown passes to five interceptions through eight games played. His numbers are off the charts. And Josh Allen, he's really become a much more accurate and consistent thrower of the football in 2020. He's a whole different quarterback than he was a year ago. Josh Allen this year is completing 68.9% of his throws. He's become a pretty accurate thrower of the football. He At times, you know, he'll overthrow a guy. He'll miss a guy wide open in the flat. But for the most part, Josh Allen, 
from start to finish in 2020 has been a very consistent player for the Buffalo Bills. And the game that Josh Allen had versus the Seattle Seahawks, I understand their defense is not very good this year, but listen, it's an NFL defense, people, you know. I, I just hate it when people discredit quarterback saying, well, he destroyed a terrible defense. Listen, it's the NFL. Just stop. That that narrative is outdated to me, okay? I don't care about, oh, he faced a bad defense. He dominated. Well, guess what? He did what he was supposed to do, okay? He did what he was supposed to do, all right? That's what he did. He, he did what he was supposed to do. But getting to my point, this is the type of game that I want to see from Josh Allen. I want to see him I want to see him beat a quality opponent and a quality quarterback. You know, it's cool that he beat Jared Goff and the Los Angeles Rams earlier in the year. It's cool that he that he went on the road and beat Derek Carr and the Raiders, but the MVP of the league at least through the first 8 weeks of the season, Russell Wilson, he was coming to town and Josh Allen, he vastly outplayed Russell Wilson. He was the better quarterback on that field versus Russell Wilson. Vastly outplayed the guy. And this is the type of game that makes me feel like that Josh Allen has officially arrived. It's actually not crazy to call Josh Allen a top 10 quarterback as we speak today. I'm not quite ready to say Josh Allen's a top 10 quarterback. I do think that there's definitely an argument to be made that he potentially is a top 10 quarterback. You know, he's got the big time arm. He seems to be much more accurate this year. He's a very good athlete. And he's winning football games. He's leading his team to the playoffs. The Buffalo Bills will make the playoffs this year. But listen, man, you know, whether Josh Allen is a top 10 quarterback or not, he's been throwing the ball down the field, throwing the ball into tight windows, and the Buffalo Bills, they've opened up their entire playbook for Josh Allen. And in the offseason, I said, listen, Buffalo, they've got a great roster. It's all going to come down to if Josh Allen can make the big boy throws because you've got Stephon Diggs now. You've got John Brown. You've got Cole Beasley. You've got good tight ends. You've got a solid running game. You've got a solid offensive line. Sean McDermott might be the most underrated coach in all of football. You've you got a pretty solid defense too, Josh Allen. And Josh Allen this year has taken the challenge and ran with it. He's playing some great football. He's in the MVP conversation this year. And Josh Allen, to me, he's one of the more underrated quarterbacks in all of football in my opinion, because it just doesn't seem like he gets enough praise for when he dominates, when he dominates, you know, I don't think that he gets enough praise and press, you know, Kyler Murray, you know, he's getting a lot of press, you know, Deshaun Watson, you know, the past couple of years, he's gotten a lot of press, Russell Wilson, he's gotten a lot of press, Aaron Rodgers, he's talked about a lot, Patrick Mahomes, he's talked about a lot, Josh Allen's kind of flying under the radar, and for what it's worth, we're 36 starts into Josh Allen's career, He's won 22 of those games. He's got a 22-14 record. He's got 49 touchdown passes to 26 interceptions. And this year, you can make the argument that he's become a top-10 quarterback. He's been that good. And while you look at guys like Carson Wentz that are on the downward trend, it seems like Josh Allen, he's on the upward trend. Josh Allen seems to be getting better and better Every single game that he plays, he's trending. He's trending in the right direction. I want to see how he performs in the playoffs. However, before I officially say I am all in on Josh Allen, I think that Josh Allen is the guy for Buffalo. You know, uh, we'll see what he does in the playoffs. But I think Josh Allen's underrated. I think that he's underappreciated. And for what it's worth, Josh Allen is one of the best running quarterbacks in the entire NFL. I don't like to use that word running quarterback, but Josh Allen. 
has been very effective with his legs the last three seasons. In the last three seasons, he's got 22 rushing touchdowns. That's phenomenal. That's very, very good. We all knew that Josh Allen had the talent to become one of the best quarterbacks in the entire NFL, but it's so great to see Josh Allen's hard work paying off up to this point. You know, he really struggled to throw the ball with touch last season. He's been much more consistent at throwing the ball with touch this year, you know, layering the ball in between defenders, you know, over linebackers' heads. He's really become a much more anticipatory thrower. You know, a long time ago, Josh Allen was just a really good thrower of the football. Now he's actually become, you know, a guy that's a true quarterback. You know, there's a difference. There's a difference between throwers of the football and NFL quarterbacks. And obviously, Josh Allen was an NFL quarterback. He was doing some good things last year, but more times than not, Josh Allen was just a very talented thrower of the football. Now Josh Allen, he seems like that he's turning the corner to become a very talented NFL quarterback. We saw the flashes at times, but he was just way too inconsistent. Well, this year, outside of, you know, playing poorly versus Tennessee and outside of missing some throws versus Kansas City, Josh Allen's been pretty consistent this year. He's got a big-time arm. He moves well in the pocket. He can make plays off schedule. He can run the football effectively. He seems like a great guy. He says all the right things to the media. He continues to get better and better every single game. Sure, there's some inconsistencies to his game. You know, he'll overthrow a, a player every now and then. You know, he'll make some mistakes. But listen, there's no perfect quarterback in the NFL. The closest thing you're going to get to perfect quarterback play is Patrick Mahomes and maybe Aaron Rodgers and maybe Russell Wilson. You can potentially win a Super Bowl with Josh Allen being your being your starting quarterback. I've seen Nick Foles win a Super Bowl. I've seen Joe Flacco win a Super Bowl. I've seen guys that are not as talented as Josh Allen go out there and win a Super Bowl. It's all about putting it together now for Josh Allen. I'm really interested to see how he does in the playoffs because, you know, um, the Buffalo Bills are going to have to get through Kansas City. They're going to have to get through Pittsburgh. They're going to have to get through Tennessee. They're going to have to get through some very good teams to potentially win a Super Bowl this year. Will it happen this year? Probably not. I think that Buffalo is about one more year away before I truly consider them serious Super Bowl threats. I think next year is a year where I can see Buffalo being a team that runs the AFC if Josh Allen continues to improve and that defense continues to get better and be more consistent. But as I speak today right now, I think Josh Allen's underrated, and he's having a great season in 2020 through at least the first eight games up to this point. All right, everyone, I'm going to wrap up the show right here. I want to talk about Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Did anyone pay attention to the NFL trading deadline? I know I did, and there wasn't a whole lot of flashy moves made, but once again, the Green Bay Packers, they just don't get it. They don't get it. Uh, you know, let me just say this. Green Bay is a very good football team. They're a team that very well could win the Super Bowl. In fact, they're 6-2 and two on the year. Aaron Rodgers, at times, has looked like the NFL MVP in 2020. He's been playing great. He's been accurate, efficient, throwing the ball down the field. It looks like he's having fun. Aaron Jones, he's a really good running back. Devontae Adams. He's a star wide receiver. Might be the best wide receiver in all of football right now. He's that good. The offensive line is very good. And the defense, they have good enough players. 
you know, I'm not saying Green Bay's defense is great, but they got some pretty good players. Jair Alexander, Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith, Kevin King, uh, Kenny Clark, they're good players. But see, here's the thing, man. I saw Green Bay get pushed around by Tampa Bay. I saw holes wide open for Dalvin Cook versus the Green Bay defense a couple of weeks ago. I saw the 49ers absolutely push the Green Bay Packers around last year. And I'm really disappointed that Green Bay did not make a move at the trading deadline. I'm sorry, people, but if Green Bay thinks for one second that they can go into battle versus New Orleans again, versus Tampa Bay again, and roll out the same exact roster, listen, I'm not saying all hope is lost because Green Bay is a talented football team for what it's worth. They did beat New Orleans earlier in the year, but it's asking a lot from that coaching staff, and it's asking a lot on the part of Aaron Rodgers to go into battle with the team currently constructed because this team is very Aaron Rodgers dependent, and I don't know if this team can bail Aaron Rodgers out if he struggles. In fact, that's been Green Bay's problem for the last decade or so. Outside of winning the Super Bowl in 2011 versus Pittsburgh, Green Bay's come up short time and time again because they're way too Aaron Rodgers dependent, and at times, they just run into teams that are better than them. And I'm sorry, but right now, New Orleans, outside the quarterback position, you know, I know Green Bay's a good team, but New Orleans, they're really they're pretty stacked, okay? Tampa Bay, we saw that movie unfold earlier in the year. I, I know Green Bay probably can beat Seattle, but Seattle, they added Carlos Dunlap. In fact, other teams, look at the other teams that are just as good, if not better than Green Bay. Baltimore, they added Yannick Ngakwe at the trading deadline. Tennessee, they added Desmond King at the trading deadline. The New Orleans Saints, they added Quan Alexander. Pittsburgh, they added Avery Williamson. Detroit, of all teams. A team that should be tanking. They felt the need to make a move. They said, let's add Everson Griffin. The 49ers, they made a move. Tampa Bay, they added Antonio Brown. And meanwhile, Green Bay, their front office says, hey, we got Aaron Rodgers. He can save us. We can do no wrong. We're content with the roster we have. Wouldn't it have been nice for Green Bay to maybe give Aaron Rodgers a Will Fuller or even a Randall Cobb, who's familiar with the offense in the first place because he played in Green Bay a couple years ago, or a Kenny Stills, or a Jamison Crowder, or an A.J. Green maybe. That would have helped because outside Devontae Adams on that roster, I'm sorry, people, I know Green Bay scored a bunch of points, but eventually Aaron Rodgers, he might run out of gas. I'm sorry, but if you're relying on Alan Lazard and Marquez Valdez scaling to make plays for you in the playoffs, boy, that's asking a lot. That's asking a lot, man. It really is. It's asking a lot from Aaron Rodgers and the coaching staff. And Green Bay continues to hold Aaron Rodgers back from winning multiple Super Bowls because Green Bay, they're just not aggressive enough. They're not a Super Bowl caliber organization. They have a Super Bowl caliber roster because the team's pretty good. But if they didn't have Aaron Rodgers to make these guys look good, if they did not have such a great head coach in Matt LaFleur, this team would be in the toast. This team would be in the tank because there's other teams that are making moves and Green Bay, they're just staying pat and saying, yeah, we'll rely on Josiah DeGuara, A.J. Dillon, and Jordan Love to help us this year. Those were the first three draft picks 
for Green Bay in the 2020 NFL Draft, and none of them have contributed this year. Good luck with your draft pick, Green Bay. Why not give up a second or a third or even a first-round pick for an impactful player? Even if you don't want to add an offensive weapon, maybe go out and get some defensive help. Green Bay just does not make enough moves to strike me that they're helping out Aaron Rodgers to the max. When you have a generational talent in Aaron Rodgers, you need to make every type of move possible to help him out because I guarantee you if the other players do their part for Aaron Rodgers, he will deliver you a Super Bowl. In fact, the last time Aaron Rodgers had a top five defense, it only happened one time. Oh, it was in 2011. Guess what? He won the Super Bowl. Okay? Green Bay continues to hold Aaron Rodgers back from winning multiple Super Bowls. And listen, Green Bay, they have a good chance to win the Super Bowl this year. They're a very good team. But Green Bay, if they come up short, it's probably going to most likely be because they can't handle the physicality of a New Orleans or a Tampa Bay. And it might be because they just might not be good enough. And that falls on the organization. Green Bay continues to hold Aaron Rodgers back from winning multiple Super Bowls. Green Bay is not a fridge and destination. You know, their organization continues to not make trades. They don't make enough big, splashy moves. You know, and listen, when Aaron Rodgers goes to an NFC title game, they draft his replacement, potentially, because Jordan Love, we don't know, he's gonna, we don't know if he's going to be the replacement for Aaron Rodgers. But the Packers this past year drafted Aaron Rodgers' potential successor rather than getting him help to try to win another Super Bowl. And by the way, the Kansas City Chiefs, do you really think they needed Le'Veon Bell? I don't think they needed Le'Veon Bell. Guess what? They signed him anyway. You want to know why? Because they said, let's ensure that we win Super Bowl 55. Because, you know, these opportunities only come by once in a lifetime. So, again, Green Bay, I don't know what you're doing. You continue to hold Aaron Rodgers back from winning multiple Super Bowls. And it's really unfortunate because I see guys like Eli Manning, Big Ben Roethlisberger, you know, uh, Tom Brady winning more Super Bowls than Aaron Rodgers. And I look at Aaron Rodgers and I say, He's the best to ever do it as far as throwing the football, just talent-wise. He's the best quarterback of all time. Not the greatest, not the most accomplished, but he's the most talented and the best quarterback of all time. And ultimately, if Aaron Rodgers doesn't win multiple Super Bowls, that falls ultimately on Green Bay's organization. Well, people, that's pretty much all I have today. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Have a God-blessed day, everyone. Stay safe, and I'm Ghost. Thank you so much for watching this video today. Please also note that the Juice Alert Sports Podcast is not just a YouTube channel. It is available on all podcasting platforms, including Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes, and Apple Podcasts. Also, if you enjoyed this video, be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share this content with all your friends. This podcast is my favorite thing in the entire world right now. It is my passion. I want more people to listen to this podcast. I really want this podcast to grow. Also, a fun fact about me is that I want to go into the sports broadcasting and media world once I graduate from the University of Toledo, a college in Northern Ohio. I am looking to become one of the next great sports broadcasters and analysts out in the world. And I potentially would like to start my own network if this podcast really truly grows. Or if I fall short of that goal, I would love to work for a big time network like ESPN or Fox Sports 1. I am open to all networks. So if you believe in my dreams and you see or hear my passion through the screen, be sure to tell all your friends about the Juice Alert Sports Podcast. Stay motivated, you guys. Have a God-blessed day, and I'm out.